When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 830 on Friday, April 24th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the governor applauds local businesses for their efforts in fighting the pandemic. And with its tourism economy halted, the Delta goes digital. Then local farmers are dumping product due to low demand. Plus, how has the pandemic affected Mississippi voters' attitudes about the November election? This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Governor Tate Reeves says Mississippi businesses are stepping up to join the fight during the coronavirus pandemic. Joined by a parade of statewide business leaders during his daily press briefing yesterday, Reeves celebrated the collaboration between the public and private sectors in finding solutions to the state's needs. There's a reason Mississippi is the most charitable state in the nation. In times of tragedy and crisis, we step up. We lend a helping hand to our loved ones, our neighbors, and our communities. We do whatever it takes to help one another weather each and every storm that comes our way. Now, as we work to fight against this invisible enemy, we see others around the state joining in the fight. Friend helping friend. Neighbor helping neighbor. Mississippians helping Mississippians. I want to shine a light on a few Mississippi businesses who have stepped up to help fight against COVID-19. Businesses who have been quietly working behind the scenes to take care of their communities. Like the factories who stopped production to build tanks and fighter aircrafts to support our armed forces in World War I and World War II, these businesses have developed their own unique ways to help fight this invisible enemy. Rather than shutting their doors, they found a way to keep the lights on and a way to support their employees all while joining the fight. 
The governor is also looking forward as his extended shelter-in-place order is set to expire Monday. Reeves has largely stayed on message this week regarding the need to get Mississippians back to work while considering public health concerns. He says the state needs to take a gradual approach. Think of it in terms of the dimmer, where you can actually change the quality and the quantity of the light, and you could maybe go from 30% to 40 or from 45% to 60%. And so what you're going to see us do in the, in the next, and we'll announce um, our final decisions tomorrow. We've been having conversations the better part of today, and we'll continue until the better part of tonight. Um, you're going to see us uh, loosen some restrictions, uh, but we're not going to uh, loosen all restrictions. In fact, quite the contrary. Uh, we're going to continue to see social distancing. We're going to continue to regulate some areas uh, of the economy, um, but we've got to start moving towards um, the, move, continuing to move in the right direction to open more and more businesses. While Mississippi, like other states throughout the country, will determine the best course of action to allow businesses to reopen, the federal government is set to pass its fourth pandemic-related stimulus package. Yesterday, the House passed a $484 billion package designed to sustain small businesses and hospitals. Included in that amount is $310 billion in new funds for the Paycheck Protection Program and $60 billion for Small Business Administration disaster assistance loans and grants. There is also an allocation of $25 billion to boost coronavirus testing. All of this comes after funds from the Federal Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program reached Mississippi this week. The program extends unemployment assistance to contractors and workers in the gig economy. The timing is appropriate as Mississippi and its southern neighbors enter festival season. With concerts canceled and musicians gigless, music-rich tourist destinations like Clarksdale are adapting. Bubba O'Keefe is the director of Visit Clarksdale. He tells MPB's Alex Alexandra Watts. Once the tourists stopped coming, the city had to find other ways to get their hottest commodity in front of people. So it was at that point that we realized that we needed to try to figure out something to keep Visit Clarksdale out in front of the people uh, so that they wouldn't forget us here. And we came up with the virtual uh, live blues music seven nights a week because that's been our biggest uh, branding for the past uh, year and a half was live blues music seven nights a week. And so it was just a shame to see all that work going into something that started up organically with, with different venues and the musicians themselves that, you know, how can we help continue this effort and still be in the guidelines of uh, stay at home. So, you know, it it just came about, and uh, we've been putting that out there. You can go to live from Clarksdale.org uh, to see the calendar and to log on to the events. Same thing for the Jew Joint Festival. You know, it was just a it was a big blow to us in the town and to people, our big fans all over the world. That you know they've been coming for years. I mean, not just one or two years, but people have been coming since almost the beginning, and some from the beginning of the festival every year. And so it was just a, a pilgrimage to come back here and to take part in the Jew Joint Festival. So, again, it was just uh, uh, what do we do to keep the name alive and to keep people engaged because uh, it's another year away. 
And how important um, are the arts and culture to, um, I mean, obviously they're important within themselves, but how do they play a role within the local economics and with jobs and just with everything and how Clarksdale runs and benefits? Well, it is huge for Clarksdale. Uh, You know, it was 15 years ago, if you came downtown, you could count maybe uh, five cars on our main street, Yazoo Avenue. And, uh, you had um, one restaurant. Of course, you know, the big restaurant that came, the first restaurant that came after um, one mom-and-pop restaurant was Medidi's. Uh, but since then, and, you know, it has closed. But since then, we've got uh, four or five restaurants here. Uh, two of them are owned from somebody from Australia, and, you know, that have moved to Clarksdale. And uh, it's just an incredible impact that... Um, the arts and cultural have because our visitors come uh, to to experience the music, the arts, and the culture, and just experience uh, true Southern hospitality. Uh, small Delta town in Mississippi, they uh, like to be immersed and surrounded by the history. But the main thing is just to just to sit back and take it easy and to explore it uh, on their own leisurely. We're not a Gray Line bus tour town, so it's the arts and culture that. Uh, people come to see. And how do how can people continue to support Clarksdale arts and culture without being in Clarksdale? What are some of the websites they can go to, um, places they can order from to really show their support? You know, because people can't physically visit or travel right now. Well, the main you know one of the main um, websites that they could go to is visitclarksdale.com, and they could go down through our uh, drop-down menus to see not only uh, current events, the current virtual uh, projects that we've got going, but they can also explore the different uh, mom-and-pop shops, restaurants, um, and things like that. Plus, we do have a um, free audio walking tour that you could download. Now, you don't have to be here to explore that. And so you can explore Clarksdale from wherever you are. Uh, plus, like I said, the live from Clarksdale.org, which is um, um, airing the virtual live blues music Saturday nights a week. Um, but you can also um, go to cathead.biz. Delta Blues Museum is also coming up. They're, they're working on a uh, virtual tour of the museum. Plus, all these places have gift shops and the different local retail stores that they, people can order from or are listed in the visitclarksdale.com website. Bubba O'Keefe is the director of Visit Clarksdale. The Mississippi Department of Health is continuing its aggressive testing strategy this week through additional one-day collection sites. Two sites will be available today, uh, one in Kemper County at Kemper County High School in DeKalb, the other in Lafayette County at the Oxford Conference Center. Two sites will also be available tomorrow, one in Lowndes County at the Fairview Baptist Church in Columbus, the other in Humphreys County at the UMMC Community Care Clinic in Belzona. Anyone Experiencing symptoms related to COVID-19 and feels they should be tested must first go through a free screening from a UMMC clinician through the C Spire Health UMMC triage app. A separate testing site provided by Aaron E. Henry Community Health Services Center will be available today between 9 and 2 at the Arena and Expo Center parking lot in Tunica. 
To stay up to date with the latest coronavirus news in Mississippi, visit mpbonline.org slash coronavirus. Coming up, local farmers are dumping product due to low demand. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The demand for nearly every agricultural product has fallen flat during the coronavirus pandemic, causing farmers across the Gulf states to lose essential income. As MPB's Kobe Vance reports, some products are being thrown out because of decreased demand. When restaurants closed across the country over concerns for the coronavirus, M&W Farm in Delhi, Louisiana, was not able to ship its first crop of cabbage to distributors. You know, a lot of these restaurants are down. That is a big thing. Uh, restaurants and schools, everything like that, they, uh, they make a tremendous impact on the amount of volume that I sell. That's farmer Elmer Wells. When he was ready to harvest his crop of 90,000 cabbages, the two distributors his farmer lies on informed him they were already overstocked. And they told the warehouses to buy, buy, buy. And then when it was our turn, our product was about to come off. Well, the warehouses were still full. There was no foot traffic in the store to get rid of anything. And uh, we started scratching our heads. Wells, like many farmers across the country, are facing issues of food waste because of restaurant closures. Mike McCormick, president of the Mississippi Farm Bureau, says there is much less demand for food products right now, and grocery stores cannot close the gap left by restaurants. It's not an easy thing to hit the pause button and to redirect all those products in another direction. And so the disruption in the supply chain has been challenging for our farmers and it's cost a lot of money in the in the commodity market. McCormick says that impact has been broad. Beef prices are down 33 percent, dairy is down 40 percent, and products like corn and soybean have dropped 10 to 20 percent. He says uncertainty about the future has inflated prices at grocery stores but reduce the income for farmers. So what the farmer's getting into the futures market and the commodity market is a lot lower prices. Our people really buy this beef two or three months from now. The farmer's getting a lot less, a third less than we were before the coronavirus, but I'm sure that you're seeing some price increases at the grocery store. Mississippi's Agriculture Commissioner, Andy Gibson, says farmers were on track to outsell last year's numbers. But now that restaurants and businesses are closed, they have nowhere to sell their product. We have an oversupply, for lack of a better term, which is a good thing for us as we're weathering this storm. We've got plenty of food, but it's really hurting our farmers on the farms in Mississippi and across the country. Gibson says one of the markets seeing the most food waste is the dairy industry. Dairy farmers have to continue operations as normal, even if that means wasting product. Michael Ferguson, a dairy farmer in Senatobia, Mississippi, says some cows produce between 9 and 12 gallons of milk a day. He says if he stops a cow's milk production, it would be impossible to bring them back into rotation again soon. There's a dry-off period. They go through a cycle where they're bred, you dry them up, they have a, a basically vacation period of 60 days or so, they recave and they start back producing milk. So you can try to do that a little bit early, and if it, but as far as just stopping, you've got to milk those animals or they will be sick and basically ruined. To protect his income, Ferguson partners with a co-op to sell his milk. But if the co-op has an abundance of product, they could turn his shipment away. 
a rejected shipment would be dumped. But Ferguson says being in a co-op helps protect farmers from a total loss of income. If you're an independent dairy farmer with no affiliation with a co-op, you would not be reimbursed if they told you they didn't want your milk. If you're a member of a co-op, the money that comes in for the milk, it's divided over the whole volume, what they call pooling. And it would bring the price of the whole area down as opposed to just the one farm. The federal government is offering release to farmers losing income because of the coronavirus. The USDA is using funds from the CARES Act towards a $19 billion farm assistance program. Agriculture Commissioner Andy Gibson says it will assist farmers with those perishable products like dairy. I think about $16 billion of that is going to be devoted to assist farmers. And then another uh, $3 billion, this is important, that USDA is going to be purchasing uh, excess commodities from distributors and then redistributing that to the food banks throughout the country uh, for people in need. Gibson says he isn't sure if that will be enough to get farmers through this process. But farmer Elmer Wells of Delhi, Louisiana, found a way to move his crop of cabbages. The farm went on social media asking for help and sold 90,000 cabbages to friends, neighbors, and strangers wanting to help. Uh, it really put us on the map. Uh, I passed out every business card I had, and people just come out by the droves uh, as fast as we could get it cut. People were coming and picking it up from the farm here. Uh. Wells says he was able to turn a profit by selling directly to neighbors. Now, through social media, Wells has met other distributors that he hopes will help him move the produce meant for restaurants. I'm not getting the same money on some of the products. Uh, it's more specific on the restaurant end of the deal, some specialty items. Uh, business has picked up. Uh, it's just a little different. I took a load to Texas last week. I have to call the Department of Public Safety, make sure my drivers can go, everything's all right. But yes, I got, I got a load out. After losing money on the spring crops, Wells is hopeful the summer crops of butter beans and peas will help him regain some of the losses. Kobe Vance, MPB News. Coming up, how has the pandemic affected Mississippi voters' attitudes about the November election? This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Karen Brown. The latest Millsaps Chisholm Strategies poll reveals Mississippians are feeling the impact of the pandemic. 73% believe the coronavirus outbreak will lead to an economic recession. Nearly 70% say they're considerably or slightly more concerned with affording medical coverage. Nathan Schrader is the chair of the Department of Government and Politics at Millsaps College. In part two of our conversation, he explains how those concerns are shaping attitudes toward the November general election. Seventy percent of voters, and this cuts across, again, uh, different demographic groups in the electorate, Seventy uh, percent are concerned about uh, potential disruptions in, ele- in the election this November. That The follow-up question to that was, you know, would, do you believe that the state and federal government should be working now to allow every uh, citizen who is registered to vote to vote by mail from home in this election? 
uh, 54% said yes, and only 30% said no. So that's a 24-point gap there. But let me explain why that's so significant. When we asked, we last asked this question in July of 2018, long before we were in the middle of a health pandemic. At that time, we were it was in single digits. Only six percent of Mississippians said they backed shifting to you know an election that would be completely vote by mail. That has moved up you know nearly 50 points in, in the course of a year and a half, thanks in part to the the situation we find ourselves in. So the voters are concerned about this. Uh, you know, potential disruption, but they see uh, a way forward with vote by mail. So they're seeing and learning from other voters around the country who are now experiencing the vote by mail procedure. And it's not maybe it's not as scary as maybe they thought it would be, or so it's not a drastic change like they thought it would be. When we talked yesterday, you said that respondents said making health care more accessible and affordable was the number one priority. Will that affect choices in the presidential election? I think it. I think it possibly could affect that. I. It, it's. It's fascinating if you look at the one of the tables we provided in the report that shows over the last eleven quarters that we've been polling this, that health the the, the healthcare question or the healthcare priority, right, making healthcare more accessible and affordable in Mississippi was already moving upwards before the pandemic. So, it very well could drive some of those choices, and it's possible. I don't want to say this is the only factor involved. Uh, the legislature, as you know, has been very adamant about not expanding Medicaid. And, and our polling in uh, J- January showed that 60% of Mississippians uh, support Medicaid expansion. The legislature has held out on that, as is the governor. And perhaps that's a partial explanation for why the legislature's approval rating in this new survey was so much underwater. How much underwater? Well, so, so uh, again, we track this over time, too. And so the, the legislature's approval rating is, it was a negative 13. Negative. A negative 13 points, right. So, so only 26% of Mississippi voters say they approve of the legislature's job performance. Uh, nearly 40% said they disapproved. There's a whole, you know, a, a big chunk. More people say they're unsure about this than who say they approve of the legislature. But I don't want to make it sound like it's this one thing alone. But it could possibly be, you know, the increasing support for Medicaid expansion tied together with access to health insurance, affordable health care coverage, moving up again to number one priority, and then them seeing inaction from the legislative branch. That's a potential explanation. It's probably not the only explanation, but it's (laughs) – Mississippi overwhelmingly elected uh, President Trump. And his approval ratings have been dropping over the last month, over the last several weeks, certainly. Is that the case in Mississippi? Has he seen his approval rating here in the state dropping? Now, what the, the, the way we asked the question uh, regarding the November election, we did not take an approval rating measurement for Donald, for President Trump. We asked voters just uh, uh, point blank, the November election is coming. As of now, do you intend to support President Donald Trump, the Republican, likely Republican nominee, or Joe Biden, the likely Democratic nominee? And so here, so Donald Trump is, he's got a comfortable lead. It's 11 points. But let me say something about that 11 points. Uh, in 2016, he defeated Hillary Clinton here um, by 18 points. So, so he's got some slippage, right, from from where he was uh, four years ago in the general election. 
uh, and he's right now he's held it under 50% in Mississippi. So that's that's a difference but still he leads Joe, Joe Biden 49% to 38%. Um but I want to make sure I add to this that you know this is we're still in the you know months away from this election but that's a 9 point decline from where he finished in 2016. Nathan, what's the biggest takeaway from this survey, not in regard to just the election, but the pandemic and all the other questions that you asked? Yeah, look, and, and the biggest takeaway is this, and, and, and again, we, we always like to tell folks when, when, when discussing the survey, we're not trying to influence po- our policymakers directly and tell them what to do and how to do it, but what we really hope to do with the survey research every quarter is to provide our elected officials and policymakers and the public in general through you all in the news media with a glimpse of what is important to Mississippians and what they think at a given point in time. And that's why I think the, the critical takeaway here is that people are deeply concerned with our situation right now, but it isn't just as simple as a, it being a public health or safety concern. It's, bu- it's, it's bundled up in the economy, the democratic process in general, disruptions to their lives and their you know, school and church and work and their health and their safety of their families and the ability to, to afford uh, health care should they get sick. So it's, 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 not, it's, not a, it's not a simple explanation. It's that Mississippians are concerned about a number of important things in their lives right now, and we, just, we, we hope, sincerely hope that the policymakers will, will, will take a look at that and understand what their constituents are dealing with. Nathan Schrader is the chair of the Department of Government and Politics at Millsaps College. Thank you so much, Nathan. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. And the full report is at, available at millsaps.edu. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter, and fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.